Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio. So some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with a very ha- uh, team, joined in the studio with a team of We Are West Ham, James Jones and Tom Edwards and Will Pugh missing in action for the first quarter of an hour because he doesn't want to talk about the last two games. Unbelievable. You can have your hammer say tonight. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. We are barely a minute in and James Jones has already given me the death stare because he is, he is looking and hearing my every word, seeing what I'm going to say about his beloved hammers. Well, actually, I say beloved, maybe not for no, much. Not, not anymore. <laughs> not for much who longer. Yeah. Oh, who <laughs> are they? Tom Edwards chimes in with, of course, going to be talking about the Liverpool and the Brighton games. Talking a little bit about everything that's been said in the media, the press over the past few days, Sky Sports uh, saying uh, some some heated things, some bold uh, choices of words. West Ham even uh, asking for an apology from Sky Sports News, looking towards the game with Man City on the weekend. But we have to start with the Liverpool and Brighton game. I know we don't want to. James has already took a big uh, breath there before he goes on what I'm sure will be a rant. But this is this is sad times, and and in the in the need of we are West Ham please if you can bear with us uh, donate any funds you know <laughs> this is an urgent appeal for any footballers that you can I find that left Golden Sullivan are taking it all off us <laughs> taking it all of us let's start with the with the not so bad then it was Liverpool in the week we know how frightening Liverpool can be world champions European champions soon to be Premier League champions didn't really have to uh, get into third gear. West Ham didn't really threaten. But on the face of it, James, not the worst performance in the world. Well, I suppose, I mean, I didn't go to the game. because uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you're barred. <laughs> well, I should be. Yeah, really. Soon. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I suppose in a week that we've we've had public apologies from, from Sky Sports, and we'll get on to that a bit later, I suppose it's my ch- chance to 
give my own public apology to to my eight-week-old son, who, when he was born, said, "I said it's not great at the moment, but trust me, it's going to get good, mate. Mm. We're gonna, you know, you're going to grow up in a great era of of supporting West Ham United, and it's going to be fantastic." And I apologise to him now because mm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him up as a Boreham Wood fan. Because it's not worth being West Ham. The pain. I, I just apologise. There's to a couple him now. of other teams on the table. I, 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 I apologise because I lied. I said some very, very wrong things uh, about West Ham to him uh, eight weeks ago. So I'm going to start with that. The reason why I didn't go to Liverpool games, I stand home with him, making sure he was all right, um, making up on that apology, making up on that apology. Um, but I've seen the highlights, and you know I was keeping track of what was going on. You say highlights, lowlights. Uh, well, <laughs> there wasn't many. <laughs> there wasn't many, but you know it was good to see Jeremy and Gakia get a game, and he was a mm. highlight because I thought he mm. looked good. And it was baffling that he wasn't even in the squad for the for the Brighton game. Um, but yeah, it, it was. It looked like we we went out in that game with a bit of a plan, uh, which is good to see because we've not seen that for most of the season. Um, and it was good to see only concede two goals because you know we were saying last week it could it could have been you know it could have got messy we we're expecting it to be pretty bad um, and we we managed to last another four days without dropping into the bottom three so it was it was an encouraging performance but then completely undone by what happened on Saturday yeah let's bring Brighton in now then because what a shambles of a performance it was leading two nil at half time then leading three one two times they had a two goal cushion. At home, seemingly everything was going well. It was going to be the perfect result, Tom. The perfect three points. But upstep West Ham and thought, let's let's uh, let's make Brighton make a game of this. We West Hamed it, mate. We did. <laughs> we did our absolute best to let another. Ab- not they're not a poor team, but they're right down there with us. And everyone was waxing lyrical about how they played at the start of the season. To be honest, let's let's be real. They're not they're not a good side at all. And to let them come back with 15 minutes left from winning three-one, comfortable position. Jones was there. I was working here, sadly, seeing the scores come in. And it was just, it was one of those, as soon as they got the second, it, you, the feeling was instant of, all right, they're coming back. We've seen us do this plenty of times this season, plenty of times as a West Ham fan. And to drop 19 points from winning positions in what was a key game before two very hard games, which are going to batter our goal difference. If we're being positive, we might come out of there with two 2-0 two losses, which is City away and Liverpool away. So you got we had to win that game and we... we Tried our best, like I said, to mess up. You look at the goals we conceded, they are poor, poor defending from a a defence who has done that countless times this season and and that's going to get us relegated if we don't switch it up and, and hopefully Jared Bowen is the person who will be the X Factor for us now. Yeah, absolutely. And on that, it won't all be negative on this show. The Hammers X Factor as James just done it. <laughs> we will be talking about new man uh, Jared Bowen and obviously uh, also Suchek was... was good on the weekend yeah, and we can't yeah. say that about too many of the players obviously maybe Snodgrass getting in there as well we will be looking at the positives we will be doing the traditional West Ham quiz but at the minute uh, the the inquest into what is going on at the Hammers continues James twice leading uh, we shared a few texts after the game uh, <laughs> can't really repeat them on air a few choice words were said but unbelievable just uh, you know, unraveling in front of your own very eyes. What is going on? What you know? And I know a lot of the stick has been aimed at David Moyes, but he can't really be blamed for this one, can he? No, definitely not. You know, okay. So you look at some of the subs and think, you know, it is quite questionable. But at the end of the day, you know, when you've got it's a deal. Even Jose Mourinho was raving about this time last year. Makes a, a mistake like that, and then you, mm. you 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 can see the goal as comical as that at home. Against, uh, as Tom put it, you know, not a very good Brighton side because you know they they haven't been great. 
in a very, very comfortable position. We were flying. We were cruising at 3-1. You know, I was expecting to go and get at least a fourth or at least to see the game out at 3-1. It was fine. Cruising at 2-0. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, you give away an own goal and it's like, okay, well, we're still comfortable. And we were comfortable at 3-1. Got that third goal, it was fine. And then, even at 3-2, you look at it and go, well, okay, it's, uh, we've given them a goal. We've literally given it to them. Let's just carry on the way we're playing and we'll see this game out, if not get a fourth. And then VAR, as it, of course, has to have its say. And it, I, I'll, to the day I die, I'll, I'll say that's a handball. He's handballed it. Nothing we can do about it. So David Morris can't can't really be blamed for the way that game went. The players have got to take ownership of it and VAR got to take ownership of it because it was handball. Um, we're not going to be able to overturn that. Um, but you can't give Brighton a way back into into mm. the game. We have an own goal, a silly own goal, and then and then a comical mix-up at the back. You know, we had a comical mix-up at the back of Sheffield United, and that cost us. Same thing happens again, again, again against Brighton. It's just getting a little bit silly now. I agree. And what you the VAR obviously we the reason we drew that game as David Moyes even said wasn't because of that one incident. We we threw the game away. We were cruising. I don't think we are bad for the vast majority. We deserve to win that game. We just made three mistakes, and at this level, you can't do that. You get punished. But I do, the VAR, what James just said there about Sheffield United, yeah, we had a terrible mix. I went, what about that Declan Rice goal as well, where that's a, a thing headed into him from less than half a yard. And would be a huge point. A huge point up there, especially the day it was, just the, the bit of needle in the game. It would be a great point. It would have done wonders for the fans and wonders for the... Who knows what that point will mean exactly, at the end of the season. Exactly, and the fact that that goal's not stood yet, Glenn Murray's, which was, in, was given as not a goal originally, was then... Overturned and they had enough evidence to say it didn't even hit his hand whatsoever. Is it's criminal. It's absolutely mm. criminal. Rice's sorry, Snodgrass goal up at Sheffield was goal, but then they said there was enough evidence to turn it over. Which you've got to wonder. How, football can't come down to these things. They can't come down to these minute details anymore. And that that's my bugbear with the whole thing is that there's no consistency with it, and we've been on the wrong end of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and James, not because you won't you know make excuses or make it sound like sour grapes, but. When we've seen other decisions this year, obviously the Declan Rice, Sheffield United, I'm watching it, the outside perspective, that is handball, Glenn Murray. The goal stands, VAR have looked at it, and when I was watching it live, I thought, oh, this is this will be ruled out, VAR looking at it, then they come back, no, it's still a goal. <laughs> what are we watching well, here? Well, I mean, we're all saying afterwards, we're like, what's the point? What's the point of us being here if they're going to be doing this? Because where I sit is on the six-yard box, pretty much where he controlled the ball with his arm. Uh, and he cheated. And, uh, <laughs> and tell us how you really feel. And um, and he scored. And we and we saw Michael Oliver ruled it out. We went, yeah, fair enough. And he's carried on celebrating in front of. And we were all laughing at him. And then he's having a go at Michael Oliver while they're, they're doing the check. And we were all laughing, going, "Oh, he's going to be so annoyed when they rule this one out. Like, he's going to be so annoyed." And then when they give it, like there's a guy in front of us trying to get on the pitch. It was, really, everyone was that fuming. It's my dean. Uh, it was that fuming that they they. They saw that as a as a perfectly acceptable goal, and especially after it was only a few weeks ago that what happened in, up at Sheffield United mm. happened to us. You know, we just couldn't believe it, and everyone's mm. just looking at each other, looking at each other in complete disbelief. And then when they show it up on a big screen and they show the clear handball replay, the whole crowd just goes mental. 
it, it was it was absolutely crazy scenes. Delighted to say now, Will Pugh has joined us. He he, he thought he was going to be able to swerve the first section. Don't have to talk about the necessary negatives around West Ham at the minute, but he's got here far <laughs> too soon for that. Will, on the weekend, yet again, we haven't spoke about it, but West Ham throwing points away from a winning position. That is 19 points this season that West Ham have thrown away, which I think is leading the league, is it? Evening, gents. Very sorry for my tar- tardy <laughs> appearance. Um, right. Yeah, it is, Charlie. You're right. 19 points is the league's highest points thrown away from winning positions, as you mentioned. And from my perspective, I think something like that, all that tells you really is just the a bit the lack of desire and spine in the team, really. You think when you're in a position like that, especially on the weekend, I think that sort of epitomised it and summed it all up. When you're in the lead twice, two goals up, and the second time particularly, we've done it all season. They've all started talking about it. Antonio's mentioned it a few times in the past few weeks about, oh, we need to learn from this and you know, gutted not to hold on to the result when we're in the lead. 3-1 at home. And that, you know those two goals, we literally, Moyes said it after the game, handed Brighton. Everyone, A few people, not everyone, but a few people were having a go at Moyes, having a go at him about his subs and the, the tactics, the way he played the game. Look, you can't, no matter what sort of a manager you are, Pellegrini, Moyes, even if Gold or Sullivan were in charge, you can't, they, they've got nothing to do with that. You can't, like, that, it's not there. That defending was just, sorry, I can't even get my words out. It was just a shambles. Mm. But, you know, mo, that's nothing to do with Moyes, is it? That's nothing to do with whoever's in charge. Fabianski, when he punches out onto Ogbonna, if that was Roberto, he would have got absolutely slated by the fans. Mm. And, you know, rightfully so. It was a terrible piece of goalkeeping. The, I think it was Murray who was standing on him. He wasn't particularly strong, didn't really push in that much. And he just punched it in the back of Ogbonna's head. Ogbonna didn't know what would hit him. Can't miss that head, to be fair. No, it was just embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, the, the the last guy, I mean, that was farcical, wasn't it? The uh, Masuaku's half clearance. I don't know what it is that at that stage of a game, he can't get his foot under the ball and turf it out. Ogbonna, I think he's probably least to blame, but he should still do something. You need a commanding centre-back there. And then Diop's header was just, I mean, it was embarrassing. Mm. You have three or four chances to smash the ball out for a throw. And when you're in that position, you you want to start breaking the game up, don't you? You want to disrupt the flow. Just smash it into the crowd for a bit. Let yourself reset and go again. Next time they come, you don't have to worry as much then about being composed and keeping your foot on the ball and keeping possession. Just smash it into the crowd. Let everyone have a rest. Let the clock tick on a bit. Get yourself reset. It's just joke it is a joke Will I said earlier before you arrived that we shared some text after the game on the weekend we was all a bit uh, having our say on it does it feel like at the minute and this may sound ridiculous that when I'm, I'm watching it and I'm watching the game I, when you see a bad team you go they're bad they're going down oh they're really good you know they're going to win the league they're going to get top four but with West Ham I watch it at the minute and I go I can't believe what I'm seeing. It's just utter, utter disbelief. I know what's gone on in the season up until this point, but still what I'm seeing, Will, I, I still can't quite get to grasp with, with what's going on. Does, is, does it feel like that for you? No, yeah. but we're used to it. Just 60,000 of us lot as well. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I've sort of been, th- last few shows, I remember saying you said to me about Liverpool and I said, I think it's going to be six. And I was surprised, to be honest. I, d- I don't know if you've covered it already. but Yeah, we have. Yeah, I th- happily. I think with that, I was, I was, I think that was the second best performance we've seen under Moyes. To be honest, we went out with a bit of a plan, 
but ultimately what was first <laughs> yeah Gillingham oh, oh, that remember one, the one, one everyone was actually wanted, crying everyone's getting so excited about no, yeah the one you like oh, oh, stop getting excited it's only Bournemouth turns out it's our best performance of the season I'm just preempting what you're inevitably going to say but that I think that is true the Liverpool game was alright wasn't but other than that, you know, you've asked me for predictions before and I've gone, oh, I think we'll lose. Because I'm, you're dancing that line again between pragmatism and saying what you actually think is going to happen and just trying not to sound like an idiot when you go, yeah, we're going to win 3-0, which I think that might have been what you said, Josie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guilty. Idiot. Uh, we are talking... <laughs> A little bit about the press next because there has been a heavy reaction to what happened over the weekend with West Ham and we're going to be all, all across it next. Love Sports. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards. And that was the sound of laughter. Maybe James was looking at seasons uh, past, not, not what's going Most on. This, season's this, this comical, season is comical, absolutely. There is still time for you to have uh, your say this evening. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. We were just talking about the disappointing game against Liverpool, the shambolic performance against Brighton. We will review the Man City game on the weekend. That should be fun. And then we'll uh, do the tradition, the West Ham quiz. But before that, a lot of stuff making the press this weekend. West Ham making a legal complaint to Sky Sports about what they were saying about the board and the way the team is being run. But I want to uh, get your three uh, opinions on it now. Will, I know you're the man in the know. You sent me many an article uh, to cover and, and to go over. But this is really, uh, it's not. It's, it's a brewing storm, isn't it? It's really gathered some pace over the last few days. Yeah, I think, I think it's well and truly brewed now, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah, I think it all started, I mean, there's obviously been some fairly negative PR, if you like, for the last few weeks around the club. Generally, little bits and pieces, and there's, you know, more around the protest, and there's been a bit of a feeling that the club are quite sensitive at the moment. And then, ultimately, that sort of burst onto everyone's agenda, if you like, when it was not the Sunday just gone, but the Sunday before, uh, on Sunday Supplement I'm sure a lot of the listeners watch that fairly regularly anyway you had a panel that included Matt Law from The Telegraph and Jonathan Liu from The Guardian amongst one other I think were alongside Jackie Oatley and to be honest I think for the first time for a while in amongst all this negativity we saw the mainstream press really really go for um, not necessarily directly the board but the club in general and the way it's run which of course indirectly is at the board and the you know I think Jonathan Liu called it a shambles the way the clubs run and the main uh, Matt Law I think said there's a hands in the till culture and yeah West Ham responded to that by issuing the first ever legal complaint that Sunday Supplement have had I haven't got the date in front of me but they've been going a very long time and hold the back page which was the program before I think it's around the 15 year mark at least and it was the first legal complaint that program's ever had I think fans were quick to you know to jump on board with that and they're, they're sorry then Sunday supplement issued a minute and a half long apology to West Ham or as they worded it a clarification of facts on Sunday morning I don't know if you two heard yeah, it of course, did, yeah, did yeah. you hear the uh, the sarcasm in Jeff Shree's voice <laughs> listen <laughs> back to it you can definitely hear it he did fairly well to sort of keep it to himself without didn't he? sniggering mm. yeah. well but, to be, how can you as owners of a club who basically we they make their money and what they have from us from Sky Sports and they've gone and bit the ham which feeds them <laughs> over pretty factual comments which if our total fan base gets behind there's clearly a sense of belief in what those people are saying and even as the owners you don't quite agree with it the fact they've gone after it so publicly tried to shame sky when everyone knows what sky said is something that the fans feel 
it's just creating an even bigger divide. It's just ridiculous. You're, you're right. I mean, the, from from the club's point of view, regardless of whether or not it was a good idea PR-wise to make that legal complaint, I'm sure, you know, I don't think I'm stretching too far or speaking for you three mm. if I suggest, or many of the fans who listen to suggest that PR-wise that probably wasn't the best idea. I don't think... You know, having sort of some knowledge of the uh, of the PR team at West Ham, I don't think that's particularly a, a decision that they perhaps would have would have agreed with. I think that's as we could probably tell has probably come from mm. the people at the top. Because ultimately, everyone at West Ham works under them; they are their bosses. And I, I think with the whole thing, the, it was the the apology was a little bit awkward because you had like a minute of of going oh outlining the amount of money that um, the board have spent since they've been at the club. It's £240 million net spend over the last four seasons, I think, were the uh, figures including the apology. It had some soft music over nice images of Sebastian Haller. A nice bed. Record <laughs> signing Sebastian Haller. Exactly. Get that in. He's flattered to deceive. And then it, it cut to an awkward 30 seconds or so at the end when it said, oh, and when we were at Birmingham, uh, the panel suggested that we hadn't spent any money on the club but we actually spent. Um, here you go. Here's the new stands that we put in, which were uh, an asset declared an asset of community value. Well, Matt Hughes in the Daily Mail has revealed since the apology that the asset of community value award was given five years after the stadiums were built, and because a Birmingham fans group applied for it from the city, so it wasn't anything to do with the fact that the stadium was all singing, all dancing. And understandably, there's been a bit of a mainstream media backlash from that i think that like you say you, you a lot of people have questioned the wisdom of, of the decision to apologize or to sorry launch a legal complaint against a panel of journalists who ultimately are giving their opinion they're people they're there are varying degrees of people who are in the know aren't there and but you've got people there who cover the games week in week out will have know the inner workings of these premier league clubs that everyone's questioned the wisdom on it jonesy yeah i mean they're playing a very, very dangerous game. Like they've already lost the fans, and they're not going to get those fans back. Um, they, there might be one or two out there that still believe that they can they can turn this around at the football club. But you know, not, I reckon ninety nine percent of the fans are just yeah. That, yeah. I mean, those bridges can't be rebuilt. Um, but then to lose the media as well, for me, that's a completely different ball game on their part because you know that just amplifies what's going on at the football club because the the media is the platform on which you know the fans feed off really mm. and it's not just West Ham fans it's it's everyone consuming that media consuming those platforms and when everything is negative about the owners on a on a national potentially even global level mm. then there's no get out clause for them everyone they're now exposed beyond just West Ham fans and now everyone can now understand what's going on why West Ham fans are so disgruntled so to lose the media in the way they have I think it's a massive massive mistake and it's a big oversight from them to just go right we want an apology without really looking forward and go well how's that going to be seen from everyone else how's everyone else going to perceive that in terms from a PR perspective and it's just really bad PR for them and uh, I mean it's just another Another one on top of all the poor PR that they've done. and I mean, it's, it's baffling, really. Exactly. It's, it's almost as it seems right now that they are well aware that the bridges with the fans have been burnt and they're only caring about how their particular image within the press, obviously all three of them came out when the rumours of the Hammers Unite was coming. They all did their independent things with some of the biggest news outlets in the country to get their side of the story off. And it seems like very, very reactionary and they're scared of getting this negative criticism against them rather than 
dealing with it in-house and letting the outside noise build up. You don't see big clubs come out when their players are getting attacked. You don't see United... Obviously, United has to deal with questions at press conference about Pogba. You don't see hierarchy demanding clearer facts from elsewhere or demanding certain reassurances from the media. They just get on with it. It's not the type of thing you see a well-run football club do, come after the people who literally give you your money, give you the broadcasting money, and soon enough, we've got focus on... And it was coming in the January transfer window, obviously, after they got... Jared Bowen when they initially issued it so fair play to them for that but came at a time when we had much bigger fish to fry than what they'd said about our three owners and it's just it shocked everyone and it, and it might be fair that might be what they went down with and thought it was good decision for them to get the media off their back but ultimately it's gone down as a PR faux pas I think what you can you, you mentioned that there as well you've got Martin Samuel one of the if not the but one of the most prominent sports writers in the country the chief sports writer for one the of, one for of the, the best yeah mm, exactly widely best. respected isn't he by yep. lots of people obviously as with all journalists not everyone will like him but like you say ultimately people respect what he does he's on mm-hmm. Sunday Supplement a lot chief sports writer for the Daily Mail huge newspaper Dave Kidd as well chief sports correspondent for The Sun both of the, these people get weekly columns or you know sometimes more frequent than that in the two you know two biggest selling national newspapers if, if people in this country The Sun and Daily Mail are the two biggest selling national newspapers and for those people who buy those papers for the sport they have both turned the, to the pages on the 3rd of February, so yesterday that was, after the Sunday Supplement Apology came out. You've got Matt Hughes at the Daily Mail as well has also gone in, uh, Matt Law at the Telegraph. These are huge national outlets here. Mm. And all three, four, all of those people this week, respected and well-known names in sports journalism, have chosen their comment pieces for the week to all be aimed at West Ham and the board because exactly what Jonesy said, and there, there's been this suggestion of like a bit of a boys club between journalists. But ultimately, the journalism and sports journalism particularly, that's what people buy into, isn't it? Without it, without the coverage from Sky and all the newspapers, that's what people live their lives for, isn't it? They'll go to the game on the weekend and then during the week they want to go online and read transfer news if it is or mm. they want to read stories, they want to hear what the manager said and they want to hear what Martin Samuel, Dave Kidd and, and in smaller percentages James Jones and Tom Edwards have <laughs> got to say about and these yourself, things. And yourself, Will. But that's what people want, isn't it? For, to differing degrees, mm. people, football fans particularly, they want to hear about this stuff. And the idea, I think it's safe to say, and I'm, this is purely my own opinion, I think it's safe to say that uh, any of the PR team at West Ham will have likely advised against this. Any PR team at any Premier League football club, I would say, have likely advised against this. And you would suggest, given the tone of it, that, that that's come right from the top because it seems like a bit of an own goal, doesn't I, it? I, sorry, I, I mean, I completely agree. In, if ever there was a time for for the club to, to do their very best to get positive PR, it's now. And they've done the complete opposite of what was needed in terms of get that positive PR getting Sky Sports to to fact you know, sort of fact check a lot of stuff and then what a day later find out that some of those facts were actually incorrect mm. I mean it's just it's just a snowball effect the best thing they could have done was just to stay quiet and start putting right um, a lot of the wrongs instead of go after the national media the very people that could give you the positive PR if you gave it to them um so yeah, it's it's and Martin Samuel's right in what he said, in that we're not having a go at, you know, we're not not questioning whether you spent any money or not. Mm. Okay, you've spent the money, but you spent it badly, so therefore you deserve the criticism because you've not spent it wisely. Um, and you know Martin Samuel's absolutely right in what he said. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than it's just it's just typical West Ham. Well, th- there is a lot to say. We're going to revisit this, I think, at the end of the show because there is still so much to say. It. We're going to look towards that City game and do the quiz, and we're going to be speaking to uh, another fan just after the break. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones, Will Pugh and Tom Edwards, talking about everything that happened with West Ham over the weekend, not just on the pitch, but off the pitch as well, especially with all the press and Sky Sports. The West Ham are demanding uh, an official apology and obviously making a legal complaint. The first one, as Will said, that uh, Sky Sports Sunday Supplement have ever received in their tenure. Absolutely Absolutely shocking stuff there. But we move on uh, to back to the football. Hopefully a more positive experience now. Delighted to say Andy Hampson, uh, Man City correspondent for the PA, joins us. Andy, really good to get you on tonight. Uh, obviously, City back-to-back defeats. Maybe the perfect time and the perfect tonic uh, uh, and the perfect team for West Ham to be facing right now. Well, yeah, hello, guys. <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, certainly, I, mean, I think, joking aside, it does give them a, a chance, I think, uh, I mean, City are not, they're certainly not moving through the gears as, as quickly as they, they usually do. They do something a bit more laboured. But, but that said, in these two games against Manchester United last week in the Carabao Cup semi-final and against Tottenham at the weekend, they, they were games they felt completely dominated in both. Uh, ran up numerous chances, 18 attempts to, to Tottenham's three at the weekend. And they've still managed to end up losing both of those games. So it, it's quite remarkable. Um, but, but really, City, I wouldn't expect them to have too many problems against West Ham, but, but you just never know because really they're, they're just not quite not quite clicking at the moment. I think perhaps maybe the, the Champions League game against Real Madrid that's coming up in, in a few weeks is, is starting to, to weigh on the minds now because really they know that the Premier League title's gone now. That's you know, that's, but for a couple of months now they've known they're not going to win that and I think the focus is now all, all on the domestic cups and the, the Champions League. Andy, not that it really matters or not, but um, <laughs> what, what's, what's the latest on Raheem Sterling? I heard earlier that he might be injured for the game. And I know it, it won't matter the slightest in terms of what the results going to be, but just interested to hear what he's in just for my fantasy team. Uh, well, we, we want to hear on that one. Uh, unfortunately, Pep, Pep's very guarded. Very sorry, very guarded when, when it comes to clever, uh, when it comes to injuries. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a few actually. I mean, John Stones and Benjamin Mendy. We've not seen them for a few weeks. It, it does seem that, that perhaps they're injured, but certainly Guardiola's not given anything uh, away on that front. And I think Sterling, perhaps he's just gone a little bit off the boil anyway. Uh, to be honest, recently he's still making the, the same runs that he was doing earlier in the season, but that he just seems to be lacking a bit of confidence now. There's not that that end product um, there, but perhaps he does. Perhaps he does need a rest. So. Um, so we wait and see on that one. We'll, we'll see at the weekend. Andy, Liverpool barely had to get out third gear to beat us at home uh, the other weekend, or sorry, last Wednesday. I mean, um, we I think unfortunately there's a bit of a resigned feeling that exactly the same's happened again, which is I think the similar conversation we had with you earlier in the season. Is there <laughs> what 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 can West Ham look to exploit, if anything, other than you know City's perhaps wafty run of recent form? Well, if you look at the, the six games that, that City have lost this season, uh, particularly the, the Manchester United one, and even the, the two games against Wolves, um, those teams are very successful on, on the counter-attack. If they can soak up a lot of pressure then, and hit City quickly, um, there are vulnerabilities there. Because the back four has, not, has been shaky all season. Really. They've badly missed Emmerich Laporte. He was out for almost five months uh, with, with a knee injury. He did come back for 75 minutes 
a few weeks ago at Sheffield United, but he's not been seen since. So uh, we wonder if uh, he's maybe had a little bit of a setback. Um, so, so, yeah, they are vulnerable at the back. Um, the midfield is not offering the, the protection to the back four either. So if you can hit them hit them through the middle, then there may be, a, there may be a, an opportunity there. Yeah, Andy, I'm sure you can sense not much confidence from the West Ham boys going into the game, but what is your score prediction? <laughs> Well, I, I would expect City to win this probably, probably I don't know, two, two, three, one, maybe. We'll take that. Well, that's they'll take that. You've, <laughs> you've given one, Andy, and <laughs> City that. haven't oh, scored. <laughs> and you haven't scored in two games, Andy. A real pleasure to get you on. Appreciate you giving us some time, Andy Hampson, there, uh, Man City correspondent for the PA. Really good to get him on. We have to ask you three. <laughs> uh, James is already laughing. James is going to go three-one to West Ham. What are you making of uh, this contest? Who knows? And the last one before actually West Ham have a winter break. We can cover that next week. Maybe it's needed. <laughs> so I, I said before the Liverpool came, didn't I? I was like, oh, to be typical West Ham to get something from this, uh, and I went for a draw. Uh, I don't think it'd be typical. I, I just don't think we're going to get anything from it this. Felt one. silly after that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't. But I'll go for one all draw anyway. So it's fine. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah it's I like fun. that. I like that. <laughs> Because uh, well, it helps his fantasy team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went for it's, a, it's less pathetic than your team, though, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I went for a 6 0 defeat against Liverpool, and we put in the second best performance of Moisera. So I think it'll be 8 0 to Manchester That is probably Man- my quote of the night, <laughs> yeah. by the way. I think it'll be 8 0 to Manchester City, and <laughs> hopefully we'll get a 0 0 draw. Take it. I'll have it. Um, to be honest with you, if we lose six one and Jared Bowen gets one, I'll happy just as long as he hits the ground running and we get one. Bit bit of positivity about us, I'll take a four one. I think Bowen gets one. Can't it just be two one then if you just want. <laughs> nah, four, four. I right, want four. If, 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 what if, I actually oh, think is four. If, if all you want is Bowen to score, but you think we'll lose, just go for two one. I've got a bit yeah. of positivity. I yeah. think four. We're gonna lose four one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as your eight nil, but we do need to yeah, talk exactly about the easy. Bowen signing because you know we have to start the show with a positive, and West Ham did make some. Uh, there was some activity before the window closed. Let's talk now uh, because we've got another very special guest on the show. Brilliant Will Pew organising this one. This time, Cam Cam Robinson is joining us today. Cam, you were banned, obviously, from going to West Ham uh, games. That came today all because you wore a shirt saying uh, Gold, Sullivan and Brady out. You were banned. Can you tell us more? Um, And what are you making of this? Um, Hi, guys, by the way. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty, well, you could say upset because obviously I follow the club home and away. um, But, I mean... I'm not really surprised that it's come. Um, they're a dictatorship, and uh, at the end of the day, what can you do? I mean, I'm going to try and appeal it, but I've done what all of us were thinking. Uh, whether they think they've got legal grounds to ban me on, we'll, uh, we'll see in the near future, won't we? Just just to clarify, uh, Cam, it was you who was pictured with the as as the flag waver, wasn't it? So you you were waving one of the the flag bearers at the side of the pitch before the Liverpool game, and you had the uh, GSB out T-shirt on under your coat. You've had you've had the ban today. It's till the end of the season, I think. I'm I'm right in understanding. And you've been said you can uh, you can appeal the the thing. What 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 was your sort of initial feelings then when when you when you got the ban or the letter come through this morning? I understand. Uh, like I said, well, yeah, it was me who done the flag and I was pictured with it. But yeah, like I said, um, it come as no surprise really. I mean, I thought it'd be a bit earlier than what it was, but again come as no surprise um i just like it's just them three at the top i don't know their egos are more important than the state of what we're in at the moment as a a club um 
and yeah, you can't really say much more on that, to be honest. Is there is there anything because you know there there might be we've we've got a, a variety of li- uh, listeners who listen to our show. Is there 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 might be those who like we mentioned this earlier on who are a bit more of a quiet a quiet section of the fan base perhaps who are less vocal than than those who want the board out at the moment. What is if there's anyone sitting at home thinking that what you did was wrong? What what sort of would you say to people like that? Uh, that's their opinion. I mean, um, I I don't want to say how long they've been going. Um, whatever, but you, you tend to find that it's usually the newcomers, um, the ones who never really stepped foot in Upton Park, um, the ones who have only just started going to the London Stadium that they don't really understand what um, the club is about. They're only there for a day trip, um, fair play, they want to come and support the team, but um, yeah, it's a lot deeper than just supporting the team at the moment. Um, there's a lot of problems that run deep, and uh, them three are the main culprits behind it, so. Um, I mean, if they don't understand it, they can ask some questions. Great. If they don't want to understand it and keep watching the team, then fine. Um, I'm not here to change anyone's mind, but my mind is fully set that them three have ruined our club. Okay. I mean, but just by just what you just said there, kind of uh, almost ruins my question a little bit, mate. But I mean, apart from selling the club, because I think that's what everyone in, in, in this studio wants just as much as you do. Uh, is there anything that you know the board can do to to go towards some way of fixing the mess that they've caused? In, uh, in your no. opinion, no, the damage has been done. Yeah, the damage has been done, and um, the way the way they've gone about their work, um, the way they've tried, they've treated the hardcore fans. Um, yeah, I just I think it, the damage is way beyond repair now. They they could sign Messi tomorrow, and I, I won't I won't care. Mm, strong, yeah, strong words there, Cam. Uh, well, well, we wish you the best with your appeal, and we really appreciate you coming on uh, tonight uh, and giving us a little bit of your time. Cam Robinson there, obviously banned today, got the letter saying he can't attend West Ham games for the rest of this season because of the, the shirt and the flag, obviously, saying Golden, Sullivan and Brady out. What are you making of that? You can have your say on it. Tweet us at Lovesport Radio. Call us 208 70 before we do the quiz, I know that's what you're all looking forward to. It's really the thing that makes you you come back each and every week. There's also been a little bit of news, Will, that West Ham are releasing plans for seats to be squared off behind the goal. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I think, I don't know if any of the, uh, if either the boys have seen it, but the yeah. in, in amongst all the unfortunate negative press or the perhaps inevitable negative press, depending on your mindset, there was, yeah, the story that came out. Sam Inkersoll from Football London, I think I saw, broke this first, that the there's plans been released for the, the squaring off of the ends, basically. The lower tier, the Bobby Moore and the Trevor Brookin stands at the stadium, the lower tiers are going to be squared off behind the goal to just bring those fans behind the goal in the lower tier a little bit closer. I, I don't know, Jonesy, you're a bit more passionate about the, the stadium and, and its layout and stuff than, than perhaps I am. But, am I? Well, <laughs> no, I hate it. <laughs> I, I think, um, the, I don't really know. I remember when we spoke about it f- first, when the original plans came out. I think it's it, it's one of those, isn't it? I think if the there, there are those who are sort of anti-board or at the moment anyway, who will just go, oh, well, that's, that's nothing. That's only two tiny little sections in a 60,000 seat stadium that only affects those people and there are those who go well the, the board are damned if they do damned if they don't because they put the claret carpet round all right it's not much and they can move these seats forward but at least it's doing something where do you sit with that uh literally <laughs> <laughs> i mean it had to be done i think you know it, it's it's a it's a forward step in terms of sorting that stadium out um, you know, I've, I've I've never made any secret that you know I I don't 
think the stadium is is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've it, been always been passionate about it. I'm, I'm terribly <laughs> passionate about it. Yeah, but I mean, but I do agree that there's there's a lot of work to be done there to make mm-hmm. it feel more like a football stadium. I, th- I think that it does have potential to f- feel like more like football stadium, um, but it needs a hell of a lot of work. Uh, and perhaps this is this is a, a good positive step. Um, but as Cam quite rightly said, you know, just squaring off a just behind the goal for the seats, the fans can be a little bit closer to the pitch. I mean, that's going to go. No, that's not going to do anything really to to chip away at that that broken relationship between fans and owners. Exactly. And would they have done this if the uh, protests weren't there and we were performing well in the league and we were seventh, eighth, and they were getting away with having that abject? So I've sat in two different spots now this season, ticket for the first few years, and I moved this year to nearly away fans. I've not had one good seat in there in terms of there's always one side of the ground I can't see as well. I'm always feeling like I'm not quite off centre. So I mean, any I, football club though. So any football ground. I mean I think I think I agree with Jones. I think they can be I think there's potential for it to make it a stadium. I think that's what's such such a problem for me about it is it's there's more than enough there to turn it into a good stadium. First time I walked in, of course I was a bit awed. I was like this this could be amazing. It looks amazing. They they just got a lot more to do than just two banks of seats. Though they need to mm. do a lot and make it feel more homely from the outside and on the inside. The queuing up before games is a joke, absolute joke. Twenty minutes before the Liverpool game, trying to get in after work, and you get in five minutes after kickoff. That's not that's not right. There's things get there earlier. Do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I think there's lots more to be done. Yeah. Not just as it's such get, a ridiculous I'm, thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> just arrive earlier. <laughs> Unbelievable. What, they're, they're fighting amongst themselves now, not just when they're protesting against their own team. We are doing the West Ham mystery players, the rogue players quiz next. Love sports. You are listening to the West Ham fan show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, James Jones, Will Pugh, and Tom Edwards. We were talking everything from. What's gone on in the press this weekend? West Ham making a legal complaint to the Sunday supplement on Sky Sports. Talking about the Liverpool and Brighton game and what's to come of the Man City game before that winter break. Still time for you to have your say tonight. Tweet us at Lovesport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558 or tweet us your answers because it is now time for the West Ham Rogue Players Quiz. There it is, James's favourite moment of the week when that music just kicks in. This is when it really matters. Points mean prizes, or in this case, points mean pints. And James Jones is Can in the lead. It? You like that? I've <laughs> that been work, clever, working yeah, on yeah, it for about six months. Every day out there. Yeah, I've been working on this beard for about ten months as well. So, you know, all things <laughs> all good things come to those who wait. Three players, five quiz, uh, five clues. See, I've, I've, I've lost it already. Lost the plot. Five I've clues. Five clues. They get easier as we go on. As soon as you know, shout it out. If you know at home, then please tweet us your answers. Uh, just quickly, before we, we start the quiz, Will, the scores? Yeah, it's um, James is 8-6 up on game weeks and 23-19 on points difference. So, you know, he was giving Running it a big... Bef- well, you, you'd think, wouldn't you? Last week it was 8-5, of course. And earlier in the season, you were 4-1 up. So you tend to have this bit of a mental block for you, isn't it? You get three game <laughs> weeks ahead and then you sort of fall to bits. People <laughs> have compared you to Leeds United, saying mm. you edge ahead and then you fall apart at the end, which yeah, some compare, of the fans... You, you could just I've compare me that. to West Ham United as well. <laughs> <Yeah. mate>. <laughs> <laughs> well no, because you actually have been good some weeks. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, uh, this is player number one, clue number one. Played for three English clubs in a seven-year spell. Clue number two. Craig Bellamy. That is incorrect. That's ridiculous. Yeah, he played for more as well. Uh, Clue number two. (laughs) Won every major honour whilst in England. 
clue number three. Played 29 games in total for West Ham. Glenn clue... Johnson? No. Clue number four. First goal was in the same game as Mark Noble's first league goal for West Ham. Quite the stat. Clue number five. Debut was against... Ast Carlos Tevez. That is correct. Oh. And that is James Jones 1-0. We will probably say that was a rubbish player now and a rubbish set of clues. You didn't and get now that the one. smoke comes and now <laughs> the pressure he's... Uh... Now the pressure is on because there are two players available. Will needs both to win tonight. Player number two. Clue number one. Signed from Grasshoppers in 2009. <laughs> what? <laughs> clue number two. Debut was against Arsenal in January 2010. Clue number three. Played eight games for West Ham, never scoring. Manuel da Costa? That is incorrect. Fabio de Prella. That is correct. And that is 2-0 to James Jones. That and is that it. is tonight's victory <laughs> in the back. You like Leeds United. Oh, oh, just that is the second best performance for me on that quiz. <laughs> second I, best. Gen I genuinely don't know who that player is. You don't know who Fabio is? Left player, back. So you got to you don't know. Mate, you played eight times for the Amers. Absolutely. I never I'd, scored. I wouldn't have got that if you'd have literally spilled Grass his name out. Right, well, we'll uh, call yourself a West There Man, is one player left. De Prella. You, you might need this for the for the score weeks, Will. So points still at stake. Get some pride back tonight. Final player, player number three, clue number one. Career began in 1983 for Luton Town. Oh, my, not Mike Newell's mate again. <laughs> <laughs> clue number two. Played over 200 games for West Ham. Oh, that's a shout. Clue number three. Currently a scout at Bolton Wanderers. Oh, yeah. Got you now. <laughs> Clue number four ended career at QPR in 2001. And clue number five, my favourite clue, solid right back. Steve Potts. That is incorrect. No, you played more. Steve Potts played more. What am I talking about? That's, more, that's worse than your Bellamy were at the beginning. <laughs> Can we recap? Yeah, a quick recap of the final player this evening. Career began in 1983 for Luton Town. Played over 200 games for West Ham. Currently a scout. Tim Breaker? That is correct. Oh, that's a good shout, yeah. Very, that very good, that. 2-1. Well, you needed that. That Pride. is a big point. That is tonight's millionaire quiz. James Jones, you are the champion. You are the victor Thank tonight, you. my friend. Thank you. So, yeah. Colin, can you tell me something about this De Prella? Can you actually tell me something? Yeah, about I, I can see five No, 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 James, I mean, James. Uh, he signed from Grasshoppers. <laughs> no, looking back, I mean, I, I thought he was actually quite impressive when, when we signed him. But then, we, but then in typical was, West Ham fashion, handy, we yeah. sold him. Yeah, he was all right. He, he wasn't was so handy. bad. What did he play, look play, like? About eight games, didn't he? Didn't, yeah, he didn't but score. then we sold him. Same case yeah, as Walter Lopez. Yeah. That's why he didn't score. He was a defender. Came I think, I think he was a left-back. Mm. He, he made his debut against Arsenal, didn't he? He was a left-back. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Sorry, what did he look like? Just tell me this. What did he look like? I can't remember. What was his chant? Fabio. Fabio. Yeah. The I reckon you looked at his notes again. 2-1, two two James. Yeah, well, it's easy, isn't it? Yeah. Was it 9-6 now? 9-6, 25-20. Yeah, six. Oh, sorry, Fabian De Prella. Who Run, is he? Running away I think. It. I think possibly, if Will's saying he doesn't know him, is that better than Mark Reaper? Would you say that that's the Far best? Better. Yeah. No. Far I th better. I think, I think so. Will was quick to put that in the email, by the way. I did enjoy that very much. <laughs> what was the best? What was the hardest? Yeah. Ones that you'd already got. But still no lead, Will.
No, no, I've got no worries, Charlie. <laughs> we've got plenty of weeks to go in the season, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. What are we now? February, many. we've got May, middle of May. We've got absolutely ages oh, to go. I don't know. No, I, love, I love it how this was only meant to be up to Christmas, and now he's extending it to the end of the season. And we all knew it was a whole oh, season. Yeah, it was oh, just yeah, a yeah. Christmas. Oh. That was an interjection. Yeah. 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 That was the halfway point. Oh, if you're leading Did you get that point, by the way? Nah. No, Ooh. well, I think we remember James decided because he had better things to do, like have a baby. Oh, yeah, <laughs> selfish. Yeah, just by very much. Actually, oh, no, I'm going to have a kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just buy me two pints at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Could be on for a meal at this at uh, this point. <laughs> no you chance think, we on, will. Honestly, with the mental block of not having been able to stretch your lead further than three weeks before, do you think that that will affect you at I all? I think next week's a big statement win for you. Could be, could Could it? be, yeah. Because if you don't, then mm. you, everyone at, at home's backing on wheel, lumping on, because you nah. can't go more than three in front. The odds are good on me at the moment as well. To <laughs> oh, be great. With lump on. Proper value for money, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm feeling good about it. Yeah? I'm feeling good. <laughs> that's it. I'm really good. It's a huge confidence boost. The Prella getting him in, that's yeah, huge. Definitely, that get, definitely much better than Keller. I'm, I think it's huge. When you get the first one... The, the, the and it was a all strong one as well because yeah. those clues mm. they, I mean they weren't your typical Tevez clues were they no they weren't tried to throw us off the scent didn't he Reese? yeah he did Will come in with Glenn Johnson <laughs> <laughs> Craig Bellamy <laughs> yeah Craig Bellamy was shocking he's had he's had about 33 clubs he must have <laughs> he must have won a few um, awards though he must have won all I think he's just won a league cup at Liverpool something like that right I'm sorry just quickly I've just googled this Fabio De Prella still don't recognise him nah genuinely it's, it's don't think he ever played for us well, you obviously know him inside out. How did you pull that out of the bag, James? So I know all about West Ham. Oh, great. I've literally just Googled him and click on his Wikipedia thing and his picture is him in a West Ham kit. There you so. go. Of course it is. Classic <laughs> so eight times. There's all the proof you need that he played for West well, Ham. Uh, he played for Grasshoppers, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Debut in 2010. <laughs> Unbelievable. How are we going to end the show then? What is the sentiment that we want to go out on, obviously, with West Ham at the minute? How can we sum it up? <laughs> right, see you uh, later. Yeah. <laughs> we need another hour, don't we? Yeah, uh, and, and the rest. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I just feel really down about it all. If I'm honest, guys, I think uh, I feel feel better now after winning that quiz. But like initially, I feel <laughs> I feel pretty down about the old situation. All right, quick, quick fire then. Quick fire now. Are Very we, quick now. Just, are we going to stay up? Yeah. Yes or no, Jody? No. Tom. No. Uh, I know as well. What an upbeat, positive way. Are we going to start? No. No, no. unbelievable. A trio of knows, a hat trick of knows. Who knows, though, what uh, the Man City game will hold and that winter uh, break for West Ham may be coming at the right time. Well, this has been the West Ham show with We Are West Ham. James Jones, Will Pugh, and Tom Edwards, and me, Charlie Hawkins. We will be back at the same time as we are every Tuesday, 7 to 8, right here on Love Sport Radio. Love Sport. Sports Social Podcast Network.